0: Psalm 119, Psalm 119. I appreciate that group. Uh, We had uh, some storm come through just recently and some folks that are not able to be here because of uh, this or that. And uh, we had to get a special for this morning and I asked Brother Sean and they did a great job this morning and I appreciate it. I want to say thank you to all of you who plug in and those of you who on the spot sometimes plug in in certain areas and do certain things and fill in. It's always good. I was talking to some visitors a few minutes ago, and uh, I was out of town this past Sunday, going to be out of town next Sunday, and uh, was letting them know that's not a, a common thing, uh, but preaching out of town uh, two weeks in a row, uh, well, not really two weeks, but two weeks out of the next three. and and so, But they said that everything was well last week, went great, it was a blessing. And I have the utmost confidence in those who are serving here. And uh, we have you in that position for a reason. If you weren't uh, capable, if I didn't have trust in you to do it, uh, you wouldn't be there. And so I want to say thank you for serving in those ministries and doing such a great job. But it's always good to be back home. Uh, there's just something about being at your church with, your, uh, with God's people. In your church family, that's just encouraging. And it's always good to be back. And I want to say thank you for being in prayer for us as we were away. But take your Bibles, if you would. Psalm 119, I want to draw your attention to a portion of Scripture. And then we're going to go to Genesis chapter number 39 here in a few moments as well. I want to encourage you to be back tonight. And it's good to have the Ingalls with us. Many of you know them. That is Miss Katrina's uh, parents. I don't know if they'll claim her today or not, but they are with us. And uh, Brother Jeremiah and Miss Katrina were a part of our church for some time are now in Alaska and uh, serving the Lord there. And I'm thankful for those of you who are in the military that when you get moved, you still plug in. That's always an encouraging thing. I was talking to him just a couple of days ago. And uh, they're here with us this morning. Will be with us again tonight, and they'll be uh, giving an update and sharing some things. I want to encourage you after the service, get by their table and introduce yourself, ask some questions. I'm sure that they would love to answer any questions that you have concerning what the Lord is doing in their ministry. But be back tonight, 6 p.m. If you would, Psalm 119, verse 145. We've been here before, and I want to draw your attention to a statement, and then we're going to go over to Psalm 30. I mean, uh, Genesis 39 here in a few moments to so look at something. I I believe that many Christians, as we go through this, this life, one of the things that we fail to recognize, we fail to acknowledge, we fail to maybe even desire sometimes... Or we think that we don't need it is the presence of God in our lives. Can I share with you every single day that you are going about your days and you are doing whatever you are doing and whether it is in the workplace, whether it is in the home, whether it is out in the community, you need the presence of God in your life. You need the power of God to rest upon your life. Here in a few moments we're going to go to a couple of portions of Scripture and you're going to see that the power of God and the presence of God rested upon a couple of individuals in Scripture that we will note this morning that because of the power of God, and presence of God in their lives, the Lord was able to do something specific. We live in a world today where there are many Christians who think, oh, I can't access the power of God. I can't access the presence of God in my life. There's nothing the Lord could do in my life because I don't have these abilities. Can I share with you? The Lord did not make a mistake when he made you. If you are thinking that you have to have certain abilities for God to use you, then you're sadly mistaken. As a matter of fact, some of the sweetest servants of God don't have very many abilities, they just have their availability. That is the greatest thing that you have within your life, what God could do within your life, is just using you because you say, Lord, I don't have much, but I have my life, and I'm laying it at your feet. The presence of God is needed, though. Notice in Psalm 119, this psalm is one of my favorites here. In verse 145 on down, and you see some things that are so rich. We've been here two or three times looking at these verses here over the last couple of years, and I love what the Lord continues to show me as I read through Psalm 119. Verse 145 says, I cried with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord, I will keep thy statutes. I cried unto thee, save me and I shall keep thy testimonies. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried, I hoped in thy word. Might I prevent the night watches that I might meditate on thy word? Hear my voice according unto thy loving kindness. O Lord, quicken me according to thy judgments. They draw nigh that follow after mischief. They are far from thy law. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. Concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. Do you think about this portion of Scripture in Psalm 119, verse 145 on down, there's a foundation that is being laid early on in this portion of Scripture as you begin to think about how intense and how fervent this prayer is that is being offered. One of the things that we as a nation and we as, uh, as Christians have become very lazy in is our efforts towards prayer. Sometimes if we're not careful, we approach the Lord in such a way that if we have time to pray, we'll pray. If we don't have time, well, oh well. We approach the Lord in such a way sometimes where we go to the Lord in prayer, but it is the same repetitious prayer every single time because we don't truly want to access the Lord and what He has for us. We're just making it known, Lord, I said a few words to you. But no, in this psalm right here, you see, as he says, I cried with my heart. This was intense. This was fervent. This was understood that it wasn't just another prayer. It wasn't just coming to the Lord because he thought he needed to. No, he had to go to the Lord. He cried with his whole heart as he said, Hear me, O Lord, I will keep thy statutes. As you go to the life of Joseph here in a few moments, you're going to see that Joseph understood that the Lord had a plan for his life. As you go to the book of Daniel here in a little while, you'll see that Daniel understood that the Lord had a plan for his life. As you go and you look at the disciples, as you go and you look in Scripture, you'll find that the individuals that were doing great works for the Lord understood they needed the power of God on their lives. Can I share with you this morning that you can do nothing without the Lord doing it through you? Nothing. You might think, oh, no, you don't understand. I've got all the ability. Well, the Lord can take that ability just like that. You say, oh, I've got all the, all the time in the world. Just like that, the Lord can take the time. You see, one of the things we come to realize is everything within our lives rests in the hands of God right this very moment. He says, hey, I can take it. I can keep it. I can take it. I can keep it. I can take it. He's letting us know, hey, your life is not in your hands. Your life is in God's hands. These individuals understood these things, and they understood that they needed the power of God to rest upon their lives. You think about Daniel for a few moments. Daniel is put in a very difficult situation. Daniel is is being used uh, in a mighty way by the Lord, but every single time that something is coming Daniel's way, guess what Daniel decides he's going to do? He's going to go and get into the presence of God. Why? Why? Not because he, he just said, well, you know, I don't have anything else to do. You know, it's a pretty lazy day. It's pretty, you know, chill. I might as well just go and spend. No, he understood. I need the Lord. I was just speaking to someone just the other day and had the opportunity to go and preach in Georgia. And I was talking to a gentleman who is invested in my life. And we were talking about the Lord and talking about church. And, and he's been keeping up with everything. He says, there's not a night that I lay my head on my pillow. That I don't pray for the power of God to rest upon your church. I said, we need it. I was, I was, I was so encouraged in that moment because that he, this is a man who understands that, hey, this church can't do anything, Lord, without you. Lord, this pastor can't do anything, Lord, without you, Lord. They need you in a powerful way. Notice as you continue walking through this psalm, he not only is fervent in prayer and intense in his prayer, as he says, I cried with my whole heart, he is letting us know in these, this statement right here, as he says, hear me, O Lord. He is understanding one thing. Lord, I'm not just crying to you. I need you to hear me right now. It's as though, as you begin to picture this, it's as though a child walking up to the, 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 their parents and they have to tell them something and they want to make sure that their parents are paying them all the attention in the world is they tell this story. They walk up to him, Mom, Mom, Mom. Or, yeah, yes, what do you need? Mom, I, I need you, I need to tell you something. Okay, I'm listening. Okay, I need you to listen. They're, they're trying to make sure, Mom, you need to listen to this. The psalmist here is making it very clear as he says, I cry with my whole heart. Hear me, O oh Lord. Lord, I need you to hear me here. Can I share with you, I think one of the dangers in our Christianity and in our modern day right this very moment, there is no yearning for God to do something in our nation. We like to complain about it. We like to gripe about it. We like to talk about all of the problems, but we're not willing to go to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, we need you to do something. The Lord says, okay, I want to do it through you. No, do it through them. Don't do it through me. I don't have the time. And that's the problem. The problem with our nation is we have all the time as Christians to gripe and complain about all of the issues, but we don't have time for God to use us to address those issues. we got problems in our community, but we want God to address them through someone else, not through us. God says, no, I want to use you. Lord, I don't have time. And that's the issue right there. We don't have time for God. We open our Bibles, we bring them to the house of God. We, we lay them in our laps and we look at it and we kind of just stare at it for a few moments without any intent of God dealing with us and us responding to those things. Let me, let me, let me, let me back up. We, 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 don't, we don't bring our Bibles, we bring our tablets now. Why? Because we don't like to turn the pages. It's, it's just too, too much work. We, we like all of the distractions that are found right here on the tablets. We bring our cell phones and we bring all this and it's a slow creep to just getting away from all of the things that the Lord intends for us to take serious. When we come through the doors of the church and we're more concerned and we're more offended when someone sits in our seat that we sat in last week than the Lord dealing with us on that Sunday. We're more consumed with with the Lord doing something in someone else's life and making sure that that person gets right with God. We're not willing to address our own sins that God is saying, hey, stop worrying about their sin, worry about your sin. You see, we've got all of these things on our minds. We've got all of these problems right before us and we're willing to address all of the problems of the world. We're willing to address everybody else's issues. But God says, hey, why don't you let me deal with you every once in a while? Well, Lord, you know, I've got it all worked out. I've got it all figured out. No desire for the presence of God, the power of God on our lives. I was reminded yesterday, we went out soul winning and Knocking on doors and Miss Lisa Keeling and I were partners and Brother John and Miss, brother Joe were partners and we were leapfrogging each other and going to houses. and Miss Lisa and I came to a, a door of a, a gentleman who's been hurt, who's searching for answers, who has some questions, has some concerns, has some uh, questions as to why and he's got some frustrations. Walk up to the door or walk up to the garage, and he's out there working for a few moments and hand him the track and say, hey, my name is Josh Farmer, the pastor of Gateway Baptist Church. This is Miss Lisa, one of our church members, and we're just out in the area knocking on doors and inviting people to church, and we want to invite you, and he just kind of laughed a little bit. He said, that's great. I'm just telling you now that I I won't be there. And uh, my next question was very simple. I said, I hate to hear that. I said, that, that, that breaks my heart that I hear that. I said, do you mind if I ask you why? Long story short, he had, he had seen some things, he had experienced some things, and nonetheless, and he had he experienced some hypocrites. He had experienced some things that were going on, and, and I was talking to him, and, and we were talking about all of the things that were taking place, and truth of the matter is, we come to realize that man will fail us one time or two. There's not a person in this auditorium that you haven't failed. A brother, a sister, a friend, your parents. And there's not a single person that is perfect in this auditorium today. After about 20 to 25 minutes of conversation, he he was willing to come and visit at some point. He said, I'm not going to tell you I'll be there tomorrow. He said, I will visit. I just don't know when. I remember in the middle of the conversation... He had one of his earphone, or earbuds in, and he was talking on his phone to his wife, and his wife was inside the house. And uh, his wife was inside the house, and I, I, could, I didn't know this until he said, oh, I'm on the phone with my wife. Well, he kept saying, my wife will be there. She and the kids will be there. I will not. And I remember, Miss Kelly, if you would stand up for just a moment. His wife is 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 walk. He she walks outside the 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 the, the house for just a moment. And as she walks out, I said, "I'm so glad to see you." I said, and she just started laughing. He's laughing as he's sitting down right there. I said, "Hey, your husband said you're going to be in church with us." And she just started laughing and you know talking. I said, "I want you to be our guest." Didn't we, Miss Lisa? I want you to be our guest. You can sit up front row with, our, with our, 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 our family, and you can be my guest. I want you to be my guest. And we kept talking, and, and through the conversation, you can be seated. Through the conversation, as we continued to talk, I came to realize that in that moment, as I was talking to this gentleman, and I was asking the Lord to use me, because, Lord, I can't convince this man. Lord, in this moment, we need your power. Lord, in this moment, we need the presence of God. Lord, in this moment, we need you to break through in this man who keeps saying, I will not be there. 20 to 25 minutes go by. I will not be there. I'm just telling you my yes is yes and my no is no. I will not be there. Lord, break through. Lord, do something. Lord, we need this man in church. His family needs church. He's grown up in church. He's from Hades. And he grew up in Haiti, and he said, I will not be there. We're about to leave. Pooh, I want you to be my guest. Pooh, my guest. I, 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 look, I want you to give us a chance. I said, look, we, we understand. We, we might not, you might not like the preaching. You might not like the music. You might not like that, that it, where the location of the church is. You might not like the ministries that we don't have or the ministries we do have. But Pooh, I want you to understand. We want to show you the love of Christ as you walk the doors of Gateway. Be my guest. I will not be there. I will not be there. I will not be there. Pooh, I want you to be my guest. Okay, I'll come. I don't know when, but I'll come for about twenty to twenty-five minutes. So I'm standing there. Lord, we need the power of God. Lord, we need we need you to break through. Lord, we need you to do something. At the very next door is a man by the name of Benjamin, a young man. He shares a house with a, a truck driver. And as he knock, as I knock on the door, he walks to the door and, and I said, Hey Benjamin, I was just talking to your neighbor and we're inviting people to church. I'd love for you to be our guest. He's standing there and as we're standing there, I ask him the question. I said, Benjamin, if you were to die right now, do you know where you'd spend eternity, heaven or hell? He says, why? Well, I sure would like to think I know. I said, Oh, I can show you. I can, you, you don't have to hope that you can know. You can know right this very moment. I can show you through God's word how you can know. As we're going through, I'm praying as we're talking. And Benjamin, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to worry about this. I'm praying. Lord, we need the power of God. Lord, we need your presence to show through this young man right here. He wants to know you as his personal savior. And he hopes that he can figure this out. Lord, we need your presence right this very moment. Through conversation, I said, Benjamin, I'd love to have you be one of my guests. Would you come? He said, oh, yeah, I'd come. I said, will you come? He said, well, I said, no, I want you to come. I want you to be our guest. And as Benjamin one day is going to walk through the doors of the church, you know what Benjamin needs? Jesus. You know what every single one of us needs this morning? Jesus. The presence of God in our lives. You see, far too many times in our lives we go through this life and we think that we've got it all figured out. We think we can make a day through this world and through another day of our lives without the presence of God in our lives. And you'll find that in many cases in people's lives, those who go continuously without the presence of God or any thought to the things of God, you lay your head down on your pillow and you wonder if you even accomplished anything that day. Oh, the moments whenever you get alone with God. And you acknowledge, Lord, we need you. All of a sudden you allow the Lord to deal with you. You realize just how wonderful He is. The psalmist says, I cried with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord. I will keep thy statutes. I cried unto thee, save me, and I shall keep thy testimonies. I prevented the dawning in the morning and cried, I hoped in thy word. That statement, I hoped in thy word, speaks of something to look forward to, if you would. It's not just another day. No, you get to look forward to God doing something amazing. As we approach every single Sunday and every single Wednesday and every single day of our lives, when we come to the house of God, there should be an anticipation of, Lord, I'm hoping to see something amazing take place in the house of God. Not, oh, yeah, i got to go to church. No. You get to worship the Lord of lords and the King of kings. You get to come with God's people and you get to exalt the name of Jesus every single time the doors are open. It's not I have to, I I get to do these things. He hoped in thy word. He, He had something to look forward to. And you'll find here in a few moments he had something to look forward to because he had seen God do it before. Go with me to Genesis chapter number 39, if you would, for just a moment. In Genesis chapter number 39, you'll see that in this portion of Scripture, we see a statement that continues to come up in this one chapter. You're familiar with Joseph and his story. He's abandoned by his brothers. He's betrayed. He's thrown into a pit. And all of a sudden, he ends up in the palace. And God is going to use him. And he goes through a series of events in his life. And God is doing something amazing. Chapter number 39, as you fast forward for just a few moments, the Bible says in verse number 2, And the Lord was with Joseph. Can I share with you, you know what that tells me? If the Lord was with Joseph, and Joseph needed the Lord to be with him, I need the Lord to be with me. We need Jesus. We need the Lord in our lives. The Bible says he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master in the Egyptian. Verse number 2, that statement, and the Lord was with Joseph. Verse number 3, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So not only was Joseph aware that the Lord was with him, but now his master was aware of this. Can I share with you, if God is with you, you don't have to tell anybody. It's seen. You see, the Lord is not limited to geography. He's not limited to, to being able to work with only certain individuals at certain times. Whenever, you know, Lord, I want you to work in my life. Oh, I'm busy with this person. Let me, let me finalize this task over here and then I'll address this. No, the Lord's not limited in those areas. And sometimes if we're not careful, even in the, the, the local church, there, there are sometimes whenever we walk in and we think we've got it all put together. I mean, we walk in, man, it only took me one time to tie the tie today. I, I've got it going on today. I tucked the shirt in. It fit perfect. The the pants feel a little bit looser today. I've lost some weight this week. Uh, The belt is in good shape. I polished the shoes. I put the lapel on. I mean, I've got it going on today. There's nothing I have to worry about. Yeah, there is, because none of that matters if you don't meet with Jesus. You can look as sharp as you want as you walk the doors of church. But if you walk out unchanged and unmoved by the Word of God, then you've missed it all. You see, far too often in our lives, we think that we've got it all figured out. No, Joseph understood something, and it was seen in his life that the Lord was with him. Notice what the Bible says right here. Verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Hey, another reminder, we need the Lord. Going back to this understanding that we don't need to tell people, what does the Bible say about the disciples? That they had met with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. All of a sudden, as you think about them being with Jesus, all of a sudden it's seen through, and you can tell that something different is about them. You begin to think about this passage of Scripture. Verse number 23. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. This is a reminder that everything good that took place in Joseph's life was not Joseph. It was God. You see, can I encourage you this morning? As a child of God, when you get the blesser, you get the blessings. And sometimes we forget that. We need God. Why? Because we want the blessings of God upon our lives. We want to be able to worship Him in spirit of truth. We want to be able to acknowledge who He is, not just what He has done. And in every single case of our lives, you find in this portion of Scripture right here that the Lord was with you. The presence of God was upon the life of Joseph. Go back with me, if you would, for just a moment in Psalm 119. In Psalm 119, you come to realize in these statements that are found in this psalm right here, he's hoped in the word. He's cried with his whole heart. He's cried unto thee, save me. These are words of encouragement. Thou art near. Those are words of encouragement. Those are words of endearment. Those are words of uh, of enjoyment. Those are words of expectation. All of that is something that we find to be true about this portion of Scripture. But how do we apply it this morning? How do we make sure that we're acknowledging these things and moving forward in these areas? Well, the truth of the matter is this morning, as you've walked through the doors of the church, you're as close to God as you want to be. You you can't blame it on anyone else. Look, look, as I walked to the doors of the church, I had an opportunity this morning to wake up and to spend some time in prayer. Whether I did that or not was my choice, not my wife's choice. It wasn't my children's choice. As I drove to the house of God, it was my choice whether or not I wanted to draw near unto the Lord and allow the Lord to prepare my heart for what He had for me. And as I opened the Word of God, Every single time that I open the Word of God, I get to make the decision whether or not I truly want to get something from this book or not. You know, I find it very fascinating when Christians keep using the statement, I just don't get anything out of it. Can I share with you, God ain't the problem with that. Everything in this book is perfect. Everything in this book is pleasant. Everything in this book is something that you can feed on and meditate on. And that, That word meditate means to think on. But I find it very interesting when Christians keep saying, I just don't get anything out of the, uh, the preaching of God's Word. I don't get anything out of the, the Word of God when I read it. It, it just kind of comes across as bland. What? Bland? You must be reading a different book than the Word of God that I'm reading. Bland? You say, well, for instance, look at this passage of Scripture. Okay, let's read this passage of Scripture. Let's see it come to life for just a few moments. Look with me in just for a few moments. at Verse number 145. If you read it like this, you might get nothing out of it. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's see here. We've got one, two, three, four, five. We've got eight verses. Let's, let's go ahead and let's get this knocked out real quick, all right? Cry with my whole heart, hear me, O Lord. I will keep thy statutes. I cried unto thee, save me, I shall keep thy testimony. I pray in the divine of the morning. Mine my eyes, are praying the Lord. hear my voice. Uh, thou art near, all thy commandments are true. Uh, have none of old. All right, uh, yeah. didn't get nothing out of that. You want to know why you didn't get anything out of it? Because you approached it in a sloppy way. You approached it in a way where you were saying, all right, let me check this off real quick. You approached it in a way where you said, all right, I I, I don't need this today. I only need the word of God when I'm going through something. I need the Lord to reveal something to me. Can I share with you? You need God every single day of your life. And so when you open the word of God, it's an opportunity for you to say, Lord, show me what you have for me. So let's read it. I cried with my whole heart. Oh, man, Lord, I ain't cried with my whole heart in a long time. Lord, I need you to reveal yourself to me. Lord, I need you. Hear me, O Lord, I will keep thy statutes. I love reading the Word of God. I love opening the Word of God and being able to imagine what is taking place in this portion of Scripture. Context over here. Background over here. Lord, bring it all together. Reveal to me yourself so I can apply it to my own life. Proverbs is very, very simple and very, very uh, simple to understand. And it deals with this. Applying knowledge and wisdom and understanding. The truth of the matter is, sometimes we're not able to apply something because we ain't even been paying attention to it. Right this very moment, I'm not, I'm not shocked if there's someone here right this very moment in this auditorium that walked in the church and said, all right, I'm just going to treat today as a checklist. I'm not shocked by those things. But I'm praying right this very moment that we would get a glimpse of who God is and we would acknowledge, Lord, I need you every single moment of my life. One of my favorite hymns, I need thee every hour. You know why? Because it's not just a good song. It's a great reminder of a powerful truth that we do truly need the Lord. Not just every hour, every moment of our lives. You know, there are many times in our lives whenever we think that we can get by because we're a talented person or we've got this figured out or we've we've been through this experience so we'll go through. But can I share with you, if you think that you're going to be able to go through this life based on your talents or based on the experiences that you have, you'll be sadly mistaken at the end when you look back and say, man, I missed so many opportunities. Lord, I missed an opportunity here. I missed an opportunity here. Right at this very moment as you come to these verses right here, verse number 151, notice what the Bible says. Thou art near, O Lord, all thy commandments are truth. Concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old, that thou hast founded them forever. Notice to me, three things will be done. Number one, draw near to the blessings of the past. The psalmist here is reminding us of the blessings of the past. Notice what he says in verse 151 and 52. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. Concerning thy testimonies. Testimonies is always dealing with something of the past, typically. As we begin to share a testimony, oftentimes in a church or in a setting where you are telling someone, you say, I want to share a testimony of what God has done. A testimony of who He is and how He's worked in your life. A a testimony of of what He's just recently accomplished. A testimony of an answer to prayer in your life. A testimony of your salvation and how you got saved. But uh, typically we, we deal with a testimony when we're revealing something that has just taken place. Remembering what God has done in the past. You see, as you draw near unto the Lord, and the Bible says in verse number 151, Thou art near, O Lord. He goes on and says, all thy commandments are not just some of those, all thy commandments. He then says, concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. Drawing near to the blessings of the past, whenever I go back in my own life and I think back on times when the Lord has done an amazing work in my own life and it either dealt with me or impressed upon my heart to do something or I stepped out of faith, I look back and I see the blessing of the past and I'm encouraged to draw near again. One of the things that you will find to be true is that many of you have a favorite restaurant that you go to. You know why you go back to that restaurant? Because you had a good experience. Because you enjoyed it. It was pleasant. And one of the great reminders to us when we come to the Word of God and when we live for the Lord is that whenever we truly give ourselves to the Lord and we allow the Lord to deal with us, it's always a pleasant experience in the sense of He's always right. Sometimes He's convicting us. You say, oh, that's not pre- Pleasant. It's pleasant. You know why? Because he still cares about you. He said, well, there's some times whenever he's having to, to punish me because of some sin that I've done. Well, be thankful that you have a faithful father who's willing to turn you back around. I'm glad that as I look back now and see that there were times whenever my parents used to get on to me because I either said something or did something I should not have. And I'm finding that now I'm turning into my parents by doing those exact same things with my children. It's weird how the Lord works, right? But I'm thankful for a heavenly Father, the blessings of the past. And he says, Thou art near, O Lord. Number two, draw near to the presence of God in the present right at this very moment. Verse 151, the very beginning of that statement, Thou art near, O Lord, is a present statement being made. Thou art near, O Lord. I'm so thankful that our God is a present working God every promise that He makes to us, every claim that we find in Scripture, every commandment is a present action that is moving forward. And right this very moment, there are things that are going on in our lives that the Lord is working and is presently working. God is doing something right this very moment in the present. And one of the great things that you get to do is you get to draw near unto Him. As He draws near unto you. As you go through this life, you'll find there are times whenever we will make the statement that we will do something someday. And by saying that statement, we are making the statement someday as if we have the ability to choose if someday we'll still be there. Can I remind you that right this very moment as you walk through the doors of the church and as you open your eyes this morning, the Lord says, hey, I want to meet with you. Okay, Lord, let me get these tasks finished and then I'll address, no, 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 I want to meet with you today. Okay, Lord, well, let me get these tasks and I'll 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 deal with you later on and we'll we'll spend some, no, I want to meet with you right now. Presently. Do you think about this statement? Drawing near. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. Number three, we see this draw near the promises of the future. Notice what he says here all thy commandments are truth. One of the most encouraging things for me in a Christian life was to be reminded that the Lord is, is praying for me. And in Luke chapter number twenty-two, we find a statement in these verses here. When well, the Bible says in verse number thirty-one, "And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren." I love the truth that is found here that I have a Savior that is praying for me. In the midst of struggle, my Savior is praying for me. Whenever there's decisions that have to be made, the Savior is praying for me. Whenever I'm searching for guidance and answers, the the Savior is praying for me. Whenever I'm tempted, the Savior is praying for me. Whenever I need strength, the Savior is praying for me. Whenever the Lord desires to use me, He is praying for me. far too often in our lives, we neglect that one truth and that one understanding, why is he praying for me? Because he wants us to experience his presence. When was the last time you got on your knees? When was the last time you got alone with the Lord and just said, Lord, I don't need anything, I just want to enter into your presence? You know, sometimes we equate the power of God only on preachers' lives. Some of the sweetest Christians I've ever met, the power of God is on that person's life. God is using them in an amazing way. Sunday school teachers, children's workers, nursery workers, just people. You know why? Because the power of God is not only reserved for preachers. If you're a child of God this morning, you can access the power of God in your life and God can use you in a way that you just can't comprehend. As you come to the end of yourself and you realize that He is praying for me. Why? Because He wants us to acknowledge Him. He wants us to spend time with Him. He wants us to enter into the presence of God so that He can put the power of God on our lives so He can go and show forth who He is. As I think about Psalm 119, verse 151, Thou art near. I think about how close some of us are right this very moment to being able to see God do an amazing breakthrough. But in many of our lives, we leave God out of everything. We leave him out of the major decisions. We leave him out of the minor decisions. We leave him out of our plans and our purposes and what we think we ought to be doing and where we want to be doing this or want to be doing that. I remember in my own life, whenever I was struggling with I knew I was called to preach and I knew that the Lord had a plan for my life and He was going to do something amazing if I would just yield it to Him because He's an amazing God. Not that I'm anything, but He is everything. And I remember even to the last little bit, one of the the, the hardest things for me to to fight, I didn't struggle with certain hobbies concerning career path or golf or certain things like that. I I could take it or leave it. The one thing growing up that always got me was basketball. Now, I remember, even to this day, as I was about to graduate, I got, we were about to graduate college, and I remember getting a, a, a form to be able to go overseas for just a year or so and, and play basketball. I remember thinking, man, I could go overseas, play basketball for a year, and then come back and get into the ministry if I want. Sounds like a, a great plan. I can use all that money. I can save it all. I can save it all and then go use it to start a church. Man, I could, I could use it all to, to do this or to do that. I I mean, I could, I could do all this with, with, I mean, it's just one year. You know, what, what could happen in one year? And all of a sudden the Lord began to talk some sense into me. One year? What could happen in one, what, what could happen in one decision? One decision. I mean, it's just, it's just one decision to go and do this. Well, you could really get far from me. Practices every single day games. You're taking your, your, your future wife away from family, and you're never going to see her. She's not going to have anyone. There might be some resentment there. You might see some bitterness there. there. might be some struggle there. You might get consumed with it to the point where the money looks good and appealing, and you might stay, or you might do this, or might do that. Or let's just, let's just call it what it is, Josh. You might all of a sudden put an idol in before. The Lord began to deal with me and reminded me as he did my freshman year of college. I've called you for a purpose. Stop getting sidetracked with all of these things because you need the power of God on your life. You you know how you were talking about saving all that money so you could do this? I've got all the money in the world. Josh, you don't don't need this because I've got all the resources. I just need you to be available. As I began to realize what the Lord has been desiring to do in my own life, I'm reminded of this in this portion of Scripture. Thou art near, O Lord. And all thy commandments are truth. Concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. As you go through and you study individuals who the Lord has worked in their lives and the power of God was upon their lives, I think of many of them. Joseph. Daniel, Nehemiah, Ezra, the disciples, Paul. And they understood one thing. We need to get in the presence of God. This morning, you might have come to the house of God and you say, you know what? I ain't been in the presence of God for a while. And as a matter of fact, I've not desired it. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through the rest of my life and wonder what God could have done if I'd have just said, Lord, I'm selling out completely. I need your power. I need your presence. Lord, I am laying myself at the altar and I am saying, Lord, I am all yours. Thou art near O Lord. I need you. Can I encourage you this morning? There's not a person in this auditorium that doesn't need the Lord. Every single one of us does. But are you willing to get into the presence of God? Well, we do thank you this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We come to you acknowledging, Lord, we need you. There's not a soul in here that doesn't need you. I pray that you would help us, guide us, and direct us. Show us what you have for us. Deal with us. We'll thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' and we do pray.